we are uh, in a set of conversations uh, that we are titling Together in the Spirit. Um, and we want to take some time this summer to illuminate um, some practices, uh, some habits, um, uh, some ways of being together um, that invite us to continue to discover what it means to be God's people together. Um, and the hope is that as we have these conversations, this is an opportunity to engage some things practically um, and experientially, if you will. Um, today, we are going to talk about a particular practice that I think is um, interesting because it's one of the more um, kind of movie famous practices of the Christian faith, I think. Um, you let me know what you think, but one of the things that I discover as I like look back in movies and I think about like how kind of, uh, Christian faith is depicted, um, there is a scene that shows up in, in a good amount of movies and it is the confessional scene. I mean, I think you know what I'm talking about, right? Like I've seen plenty of movies, funny movies, serious movies, rom-coms, the whole bit where at some point someone is is making their way into a confessional. This, this booth where they are on one side and there's a priest on the other side. And the priest makes space for this person to make a confession and they do. It often is not taken very seriously. Um, <laughs> and there is a way for the person to uh, make penance, which essentially is like, how do I say that I'm really, really sorry about this thing that I've confessed? And then there's a moment of absolution, and then the person leaves either hastily or confused, uh, was looking for some answers they didn't get. It was, it's an interesting thing I've discovered. And and I know this is a practice that A, is still done, and B, is still taken seriously, right? So I, I, I say this as someone who did not grow up Catholic, though I know some of us in this gathering have. Um, and I think for me, growing up in church, kind of the you know task of confession was one uh, that was, uh, it, we, we, we would call it the altar call, if you will. Um, this was the moment where the music would start playing. The organ would start playing. Um, and the pastor in our church, the pastor would say, the doors of the church are open. Um, and it would be this invitation for people to come up to the altar at the front of, of the um, sanctuary and to receive some sort of prayer or blessing. Maybe perhaps this is a moment of ref individual reflection or confession. You know, you wouldn't have to say much you wouldn't have to say anything at all you could just go up and someone would pray for you and then you go back to your seat and that was it um and so these 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 moments have come to mind over the past couple weeks as i've been thinking about um what it means to engage in a practice of confession and then i thought about zacchaeus and i want you to kind of go on a journey with me a short journey if you will um, and I want to kind of illuminate between the, the conversation between Zacchaeus and Jesus, maybe there is in fact another way of engaging confession. Okay, let's, let's see what we find. Okay, 
first, you got to know something about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is a tax collector. Um, and what that basically means is this. In the Roman imperial space, a lot of people paid a lot of taxes to very few people, right? Rome is set up and the Roman Empire is set up as truly a kind of the 2% are rich and everybody else is basically poor. Um, and part of the way that that is maintained is because you pay like between 10 and 15 levels of taxes to certain aristocrats and governors and provinces in various ways. And so Zacchaeus is a collector of those taxes. And in fact, when you pay your taxes to Zacchaeus, you are also paying Zacchaeus his salary. And so Zacchaeus, having collected all these taxes, is rich. That's why he's rich. Um, Here's the thing, though. Zacchaeus is a person that I suspect is in deep conflict. Because, yes, Zacchaeus is a tax collector. He works for the Roman uh, Empire. Zacchaeus is also, as the end of this passage says, a son of Abraham, which basically says he is a Jewish person. He is a Jewish person living among a Jewish community, collecting their taxes and keeping them tethered to Roman imperial poverty. So when they call him a sinner, what they're actually calling him is a traitor. <laughs> we want nothing to do with you. You are working for the man, basically perpetuating our suffering on behalf of the man. Even though you are one of us, you are a sinner. We want nothing to do with you. You are out of the camp, period, done. And I want to just note for you that Zacchaeus knows this. <laughs> Zacchaeus knows that he is a person living in tension. On one hand, there is Zacchaeus's job, a job that fully co-signs the oppression and the depression that the Roman Empire furthers. On the other hand, Zacchaeus is a Jewish person, a son of Abraham. Zacchaeus has a lineage, an ancestral faith spiritual heritage. He has not forgotten this. He lives in tension. Does this sound familiar to any one of us? I wonder if there are some of us who know what this tension is like. A desire to both A, to, to live out faithful commitments to Jesus, a shalom, peaceable, centered life in the midst of either working a job or living in a city or being in relationships that we know are murky at best. Working among systems and institutions whose furtherance of, 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 of similar dynamics is ambiguous at best and clear at worst. And so this is the Zacchaeus who is short and rich and climbs that tree because he does not need to be seeing anybody because they already see him and they don't like him. And then Jesus calls him out. Jesus calls him out. And this, friends, this is where I want to start our discussion of confession. Because in this moment, this is the moment that, that is the precursor to Zacchaeus's moment of confession. 
And that precursor is a moment of being known. It is where Zacchaeus experiences very clearly, Jesus knows my name. Jesus is disinterested in my hiding. Jesus desires to be in my story, in my house today, right now. Friends, I want to offer to you that the beginning of confession is actually a deep knowledge that God knows your name. That God wants to be in your story now, today. A lot of these moments of confession that, that you know, either cultural or, or that we've experienced, they kind of start with the like, okay, I have to admit what I did wrong. Right. I need to sort of come and, and drudge up these things where it was like, oh, like I did this thing this week or, oh, this was a bad thing I did this week. And I just want to stop you there. Because the space that Jesus makes for Zacchaeus is one in which primarily he knows that he's loved and seen. And this lines up with how the Bible is written. You see, Genesis 1 and 2 are about how God makes everything and celebrates and is delighted over creation. And then we get Genesis 3 and 4 and following where we get discussions of what it means to not remember that and to disregard that and to be in a relational space where all of that just gets mucked up. We start with the fact that we are loved and known and celebrated. And then it says that Zacchaeus is happy. Zacchaeus is happy to come down and welcome Jesus into his space. Delighted, of course. And then we get the grumblings. And this is just sort of a side note. But it is interesting to me that in this confessional space, it is both private because Zacchaeus is up in a tree trying not to be seen, but clearly wants to have an interaction with Jesus and knows the tension that he carries. But it's also public because once they see him, this crowd is mad at Jesus. <laughs> They're like, why are you hanging out with that sellout? He is not worthy of your time and attention. And you know Zacchaeus hears this. And you know why he knows why they're saying it. All of this is in the mix. And so in this way, as Zacchaeus is realizing the way that he has alienated himself from his community, you can't just, that's not just a, a, a private moment of sorrow. It's a public moment of shame, okay? And I just want to say this, that as we kind of are welcomed by Jesus in a space of love and affection, and at, then we come down and we realize, huh, Maybe there are ways that I am struggling in my commitments to God and to others. Um, that those commitments aren't just moments of private reflection. There are communal, collective implications, right? And Zacchaeus understands this because he is in a sort of honor-shame culture where there is no such thing as disconnecting one's individual identity from their communal orientation. These are the same. They operate in, in sort of this like synchronous way. And so Zacchaeus knows that he has failed some expectations. 
He sees the people, he hears the grumbling, but he has been welcomed into a space of love and being known, knowing that creator knows his name. And in light of both being known, but also knowing the implications of his actions, both of those things come together in this moment of both confession and restitution and moments of both confession and reparation. Both go together, friends. There is this way that, that, that Zacchaeus says, if I have defrauded anyone, if I have cheated anyone, let me pay them back four times, right? In the midst of also saying, it's possible that what I have gained has been ill-gotten gains. It's possible that in having participated in this system, the way that I have much is, is, is at the expense of others. It may be at the expense of the poor. And so now I will be directing what I have towards those whom I've expended, toward those who I have exploited. Zacchaeus is having a moment where he both is naming the impact of his decisions, but also seeking to repair that impact. This confessional moment is both personally reflective, again, but also communally active. And then finally, Jesus comes and Jesus sort of does what I think is incredible. Jesus does it have a, like Jesus says a thing to Zacchaeus, but Jesus says it in full view of the community, in full earshot of the community. Today, salvation has come to this household because he too is a son of Abraham. You all have shunned him. <laughs> and now I'm letting you know that he is back, right? I'm letting you know that he is back. I'm letting you know that he has been wandering in his tension and that I have called his name and I have come to claim him. He is back. And this is an invitation for the community to reimagine its relationship with Zacchaeus and for Zacchaeus to reimagine his relationship in the community as this new thing in which now as he is a person committed to repairing the harms that he has done, he is saying, I want to be here again. And Jesus is saying to the community, this is an opportunity for you to receive Zacchaeus again. There is a reimagination of this relationship and of life, to be honest. Once Zacchaeus gives all this money to the poor, there's no going back. He has changed his relationship to the empire. He's changed his relationship to the community. They're going to have some expectations of him, and they should, because he's now choosing to be a little more just. He's now choosing to be a little more generous. And so I want to offer this as a frame for how we engage confession. That confession, first and foremost, is a way in which we know uh, that God knows our name, that God cares for us and sees us and created us and, and loves us. And that in this space, 
as we hear our name being called to come close to Jesus, that that is a space that by the grace of God is safe enough for us to name the systems and structures that oppress around us and our participation in them, and to know that that participation both harms us and others. And that God, in knowing our names, knows to whom we belong, that we belong to God and that we belong to our people, and that there is a space to reimagine what that relationship looks like, what those relationships look like. And so, friends, I want to give us some space to try this this morning. Um, I want to give us the opportunity to enter into a space of confession. And I will say that a lot of these thoughts actually come from uh, the ways that we had a, a Revelation um, Bible study uh, at the beginning of 2022. And we started talking a lot about what it means for the people of God to be mindful of the way that they are choosing allegiances that harm themselves and harm others and disconnect them from creator. But we, are mind we were mindful of the way that a practice like confession is often um, kind of, what, what are the words I want to use? Um, that it's often a, a practice in self-hatred and, and self-condemnation. And we wanted to stay away from that while also creating some space to be honest. And so this, a lot of this comes from that space and is a continuation of that conversation um, that we are going to try this morning. Okay. So what I want to do is give us some space to try. And um, I'm going to... Uh, kind of anchor some of this in some singing and give us some 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 spaces to kind of dial into ourselves. But also, I'm going to be asking you to reflect on some communal implications in this. I'm not going to be asking anyone to unmute and share anything. Um, but I do want you to be mindful of, as you are in this moment, what are the relationships that are implicated as you are making confession this morning. And so, friends, we begin knowing that God knows our name. You know my name. You know my name. You know my name. You know my name. Oh, how you walk with me. Oh, how you talk with me. Oh, how you tell me that I am your own. I'll give us this moment of silence to consider and to rest in and find joy in Creator knowing your name, in Creator's desire to live inside of your house, your story, that Creator wants to be with you because Creator made you in love. Take a moment just to rest and reflect 
in God's intentional commitment to you. So now I pour out my heart to you. Here in your presence I am made new. Oh, so now I pour out my heart to you. Here in your presence, I am made new. As we rest in God's presence, um, as we rest in one's made in intentional commitment and affection, as you are ready um, and as you uh, desire, um, take some time to name the systems of oppression and injustice um, operating in your space, in your life. Take some time to name the ways that, that, that you might struggle to resist the invitation to participate in and promote those systems. Take some time to note the ways uh, that uh, your participation might be uh, intentional or unintentional, yet real nonetheless. And even as you are reflecting, perhaps there are relationships and communities that come to mind that you know are impacted by these systems and our struggle to orient ourselves to them or not. I'll give us a moment to reflect on that.
Yes, you know my name. You know my name. You know my name. You know my name And oh how you walk with me And oh how you talk with me Oh how you tell me that I am your own. Jesus has come to set you and I and all things free from these systems that oppress and the ways we cooperate and comply with them. This is what it means to be forgiven, to be rejoined with God's purposes, to have an ear again for our name, um, to rejoin our communities as people with renewed commitments. What perhaps do those renewed commitments look like for you? What does freedom look like as you are seeking to step away from those things um, that we have confessed this morning? What does repair look like? What does reconnection look like? I'll give us a moment to consider that, and then I'll pray for us as we head into communion. Creator God, in your grace, you invite us into truth-telling. You invite us to live in the truth and to know that we are free. To live in the truth of our belovedness, to acknowledge the truth of our complicity, to acknowledge the truth of our woundedness and our trauma and to receive your freedom, the freedom of a God who indeed was dead and now is alive forever and ever. Help us to know what it means to hear our names from you, to walk in truth, and to be made free day by day. We ask this in your name, Jesus.
Amen. Amen.